Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, uh, we have our student athlete informational. And um, in this episode, we have compiled a couple of um, important guests uh, to talk about their points, their point of views, and how it relates to student athletes and what student athletes need to make it to the next level. Uh, a couple of those things, uh, I want to thank Marcus Woods coming on. He had a great point about him using grades um, to execute his plans. Um, BJ Mackey talked about the different triggers um, that's needed. Uh, Stacey Harris talked about the mental preparation that's needed for student athletes. And then finally, Melvin Watson talked about facing adversity. How do you deal with adversity in your teammates? So very important things that athletes need to adhere to when they're uh, going in this journey. All right, let's get into the interviews. And this time, our message, we got Marcus Woods. So it, it came down to when your senior year, take me, give us, give me a look at, at, the, at, the, at the top. How did you end up at CFC? So early, I had two schools that were recruiting me, uh, Mount St. Mary's and Furman. And Furman came in and, um, and, and said, listen, it's, it's this simple. Butch Estes, I remember. He said, we want you to be the point guard, but like there are other guards we want. And if, if, if you don't commit, say, in the next two or three weeks, we're going to have to go on to our second and third option. And at the time, I didn't have, have any guidance, dude. I didn't have any guidance. I was making these decisions kind of on my own. I knew we had won a state championship. So I kind of say, you know, I'll, I'll bet on myself that I could get some, some better opportunities. And at the time, what better was, I, I didn't know. I just didn't know very much about Furman. So eventually, um, University of New Orleans, um, where um, they came knocking, uh, Jacksonville University, they, you know, they came knocking a little bit. And then the College of Charleston came. And it was, it was funny because uh, Dwayne Grace came uh, to recruit me in high school. And he made a comment that, you know, he had been asking around and they needed a point guard with grades. And, you know, and I always held, um, you know, my SATs and my grades really, really important to me. That, that just was who I was. And so that's how I ended up on their radars more than anything because of grades. And yeah. they came and um, I came down to Charleston on a visit and uh, Coach Grace took me to a few jazz bars. At 18 years, 17 years old at the time, <laughs> I'm in the jazz bar, 17 years old. Uh, but, uh, and, and I just liked it. I liked what they were doing. I, I liked how hard they played the game that I went to. And uh, I, you know, I, I said I, I was coming. You know, after about a week later, I said I wanted to go. So there it goes. You see, you heard about Marcus Woods using grades as a way of getting them over the finish line. Um, you don't have to be the highest 
the best skilled athlete in the building, but having a, a high academic IQ can be very crucial for college coaches. And uh, he talked about trusting himself, right? Early on, he said he, he, he identified where he was and measured himself where he was skillfully in the game, but then focused mostly on the academic part of, uh, of the situation. And uh, we talked about early development. He said he really started playing later on in high school, later on in middle school. But what if he had developed early on in fourth or fifth grade? Would it have been the same? Would, it, would the situation would have been a little different for him? Um, and the answer is yes and no. But to be better prepared to get your best opportunities, you have to be highly skilled academically and highly skilled athletically. And um, this is a great example how uh, Marcus Woods used this academic gifts to get him across the finish line. I always, again, I'm going to take a little liberty here. I always kind of had myself as a person that the basketball actually, for me at that time, was not that important, right? Um, it really was uh, going and obtaining uh, an education, a, a college degree. And if basketball was going to be the means, then, then so be it. So when I looked at the situation, I mean, I did the math. I did the math on, you know, what the, the, the point guard, Mike Beckett, was going to be a senior at the time. So I, I did the math and said, okay, by my junior year, can I be a starter here? That was really the only the only thing that was really in my mind is could I go somewhere and start two years? I mostly wanted to be a part of a program that, you know, seemed to be about the right things. And the fact that they were moving into division one, right, just gave me an opportunity to be a part of something early on, uh, to be kind of a pioneer of sort. It just, I, I thought those type of thoughts. Um, you know, I, I didn't know how good I was going to be um, in, in college, you know, I just, I had no idea. So I was really looking at going to a quality place, obtaining a quality education. So when school was over, right, I gave myself the best chance uh, to be successful. So, yeah, um, in this approach, um, I think uh, Marcus Woods took the oatmeal recipe approach. Uh, as you as you heard in his in in the interview, he talked about him measuring the classification on um, on the school he was going to. He figured that if he was coming to be a freshman and Mike Beckett was going to be a senior or a junior, all right, that gives him a little opportunity to play two years as a starter. Those things are crucial when you're making a a college decision. So. Um, I think Mark Woods made a had a good strategic approach on getting over the finish line because he also um, understood about playing time when it relates to um, student athletes coming in. You can easily be over recruited, especially if a coach brings in two point guards the same classification. Um, it's tough to break that lineup when you're butting head every year, year to year. So. Um, what Mark did was he made a, a crucial decision on grades and um, his uh, opportunities to be able to play later on in his career. 
Um, I think it was a good opportunity, I mean, a good approach to take. And um, again, it sounded like the oatmeal recipe approach, which we designed to help athletes get to the next level. You have to weigh those options and not just about the school. It's also about the options that's uh, going to open up for you later on in your career. And this time on message, we got BJ Mackey. You got to know your value. You can't just like the school and want to go there. So you got to, what I'm saying is like the travel ball, the travel scene, people just think I just play AU. I just play travel ball and it's going to happen for me. When you're averaging 2.5, 2.5 points a game, like nobody's yeah. going to watch that. So right. talk about that trap, that, that, that summer season where, what was your regimen in the summer season? What did you do, um, you know, in between seasons? I worked out every day, sometimes twice a day. Stayed in the gym. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't much. It wasn't much going on like it is today. Right. We didn't right. have we didn't have Twitter and 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 IG and all that type stuff. Our parents pretty much was like, "Hey, go outside. Don't come right. back and don't come back inside till the light come on." Right. You know. Right. Um. And and I I stayed in the gym. Stayed hungry. Ran. I uh, had my strength shoes, was in the strength shoes, had my regimen with that, you know. Um, Everybody had it's all, it's, it's, it's all about putting that work in, man, uh, getting in the lab and really working on your craft. Um, I knew I had to get better. I knew. But yeah, I, yeah, it's all about putting that work in, BJ, but what I'm trying to get out of you is that, again, what, 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 what sparked that? Because, you know, your dad's, you know, I, I don't know your, your, your background, but mm-hmm. I mean, kids that don't want for anything, I'm not saying you, that was you, but kids that's really, really hungry, yeah. got a single home, living in the projects, mm-hmm. like that's a trigger, right? Yeah. If you're not in that environment, like what's the trigger? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's something different. And that's what I'm trying to get I, kids I, to understand. I, my trigger was I wanted to be the best, I wanted to be the, the, the best in the state. Mm-hmm. At that time, when I was coming up, I think I was ranked like ninth or tenth. Right. You know, I wanted right. to be one of the best in the country. Right. You right. know that that triggered me. I wanted to make my 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 parents proud. I wanted that's to make my family I, proud. That's what I, that's what I wanted you know? to get out of because kids don't understand. Yeah. You gotta you gotta put something in front of you. You doing it for yourself. Yeah. You can cop out at any given time. That's what I wanted yeah. to get out. You yeah. You do, do stuff for yourself, else. but you you you're gonna have something to to, to give you that trigger. That was yes. my trigger. Yes. I wanted my family to be proud. Yes, yes. Of, of my accomplishments, accomplishments, and what I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So, awesome. so that triggered me. Hey, I, man, I, I was willing to go out and die on that floor for sure to for prove sure, everybody sure. You, that, that that I was that I was the best for sure. Hard work pays off. Uh, we talk a, a lot about hard work, right? It's a whole different mentality to separate yourself and understand what hard work really is about. There also are triggers. You know what I mean? There are also things that that help help you get to the next level, help you wake up in the morning and where you don't feel like moving. And then next thing you know, you're in the gym working out, going hard. All right? Those things are a byproduct of having the trigger. And my parents was my trigger. Right. I, I love to look up in the stands, see my mom in the stands. So I want to show off for her. So I was trying to really squeeze it out of BJ um, to talk about that, because 
those things don't really, it's not really talked about. Hard work is such a common terminology. So it's such a, a, you know, easy thing to say and expect someone to do. But when you have triggers, it makes it a whole lot easier. And um, one of his trigger, triggers and goals. So one of his goals was to be the best in the state, best in the country. And, and with that, he wanted to also make his parents proud. That's a trigger you got to have. Um, also, having something to prove, personal goals. And that support system is so important. Having a support system, having a, a you know family to 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 hug you when things are going bad, to hug you when things are going good. Um, those things are very important. But I want to stress the different mentality you have to have um, to make things happen. Like you said, you know, every day he was in the gym. And granted, you know, in our days coming up, we didn't have Instagram and social media to be kind of a, a distraction. So um, it was a whole lot easier, per se, to get to work in. Um, so now some more difficult times um, to get to work in. Your friends going out, you know, partying, hanging out. You got to put that carrot in front of you. You got to put that trigger. Put somebody, put something else in front of you to make you work. And um, there's a reason why I named the Day Foundation Dolores and Estelle. Because um, when I get up every day, that's what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for them. So you started killing and then your senior year, you know, who's looking at you and and and, and take us to the rec recruiting wars. Why why USC? Because I'm pretty sure you could go anywhere in the country. Every every everybody in the country was was on me. Um starting on my in my junior year. A after after my sophomore year, I went to five star, which was the 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 top dog back in the day. Right. Um. After my sophomore year, going into my junior year. And you went to your sophomore year. Yeah, I went there my sophomore year and my junior year. Wow. And right. and uh, you know, you had Nike All American camp. My going into my junior year, and I won't ever forget Howard Garfinkel uh, announced me as one of the best players in the country. Wow. Wow. And when I was at that Nike All American game. Uh, well, Nike All American Camp. I saw that hoop scoop that came out, mm -hmm. and I was top twenty in the country. Wow! Wow! Going into my joining to my junior year. Going to you, you know, and 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 now you got a, Now you got a target on your back. For sure. Now, For it, sure. It's it's easy to get there. Hard it's easy to get it. there. It's harder to keep it. For sure. You For you sure. finished it, For sure. and that's the same thing my mom and dad told me was a. Hey, you think you work now? Now you got a target on your back. Right. Now you got to now you got to go from here to here and step your game up. Right. And that's what I realized. No matter whether I was out on the, uh, <laughs> I was at Seven Oaks or Friars Gators, St Andrews Park or wherever Martin Luther King Park, whatever. Everybody knew the ranking, what you was all about, and everybody was out to prove themselves to supposedly one of the best players in the country. So you had to come fully ready each and every time you stepped down on the floor. And that's what, that's what Marvin said. Marvin said, listen, he was, he, I was one of the best in the state proven, and he was coming at me. He wasn't scared. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. he was coming at me like he had something to prove. That's what it takes. But why USC? Why USC? Um, I, can't, I went down. My final five was... Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, 
Clemson and South Carolina. And uh, Clemson had been recruiting me for a while. Rick Barnes was there, who's definitely one of the best up and coming coaches. You know, I think he could, was come, came from Providence and was at Clemson. I knew he was going to do some good things. Terrell McIntyre was there. Terrell McIntyre. T-Mac. T-Mac. T-Mac thanks me to this day because, you know, we're bored. <laughs> he thanks me to this day because he's like, man, if you had went to Clemson, I would have had to go somewhere else. And that was his only high, high, high major offer. Listen, I was at Folk Union, and when they signed Terrell, I, that's why I backed out of Clemson. Yeah. Because I was, yeah. I was going there, but I was like, I'm not going there if they already signed yeah. God. But go ahead. Yeah. And, and uh, I just thought with the guys that we had coming in, I knew some of those guys who I played AAU with. Um, you know, I was comfortable with the coaching staff that was there at the time that was recruiting me. I knew they had some good things happening. They had, they already had some pieces with your boy Mel there. They had Larry sitting out uh, after transferring from North Carolina, had Nate Wilburn coming in from Ohio State. So they had transfers and we already had a, a top five recruiting class. So, and, and you got to remember, I had Justin that was about to be born during that mm. same time. Mm. And you know, we talked before, I'm a big family guy. Right. Um, I said, why leave? Why leave? Everybody was saying, why are you, why are you going down there? They're losing. Sometimes you got to bet on yourself, man. For sure. For sure. Sometimes for sure. you got to bet. Not to say that every, all the, all the accomplishments and achievements we had was because of me. Right. Right. But I'm saying sometimes you got to bet on yourself as far as saying like, Hey, all of us collectively can take this thing. All the South Carolina kids can take this thing and take it up to another level. Right. And, and, and that's what we did. And but, I, I, I've always, I've always, uh, I've always been appreciative of South Carolina and 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 Coach Fogler and all of them for for even having me down there because that that was one of the best decisions that I ever made. So can you players imagine having one of the top scout in the country say you're one of the best player in the country? one of the top scouts in the world, so you're one of the best, play, one of the best players in the country. That's huge. Such a great confidence booster. But it didn't come from just hanging out. It came from hard work, right? It came from those triggers. It came from setting those goals and, and completing them. But the thing is, like you said, um, it's easy to get there, but it's harder to keep it, right? The harder you work, the more harder you got to work to keep it. And once he created that avenue for himself, he had an X on his back. Everybody was gunning for him. I know when I'm playing, I know someone that was ranked higher than me. I want that's who I want to guard. Because I want to be in his in his midst. If every school is looking at him, right, I want to go at his neck so I can get some of some of those looks. And uh, when you got that type of pressure on you, it's hard to keep going, right? But you develop a lather of a working mentality that it won't bother you, right? Because you you're used to that. He also talked about, you know, trusting in himself, right? Same thing Marcus Woods talked about. Um, and he had a, a a kid coming up. He had to make a sacrifice, you know, putting your putting your family, putting your your obligations, your responsibilities before your wants and needs is huge. It's nothing but character, right? And um, those skills carry on to to real life applications. So, um. Getting from BJ, what we're talking about is hard work, triggers, setting goals, having a support system, 
all right, and make your sacrifices. Those things help you um, make it to the next level and be successful. The most important message to get across to student athletes suffering from mental health issues is that you're not alone. Many student athletes deal with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health struggles. If this is the case, speak to someone like a counselor, a parent, a trusted adult, or your fellow teammate. Adults who are supporting a student athlete should be aware of the signs. A student athlete who is experiencing mental health difficulties might have constant fatigue, loss of appetite, mood swings, apathy, or even declining grades and or social isolation. A student athlete's mental health can be severely affected by an injury. An athlete's entire life becomes about their sport. And when they lose the ability to play, it can take a huge toll mentally. As we continue to reduce the stigma around mental health, hopefully more middle and high school level student athletes will feel confident discussing their health, whether it be mental or physical. The Triple Threat Podcast will be adding a psychology aspect in season two. We will be doing our part to help destigmatize mental health when it comes to student athletes. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode. And this time our message, we got Stacy Harris. So, so picture this, and I'm going to take you back to, you know, just the system, man, and, you know, being a senior in that system, seeing a freshman, I mean, being a, a junior in that system, I mean, you know, this guy got people coming in, like he's got a, he's got a, 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 a JV team already on staff practicing. Like it's always going to yeah. be, you, you've got to always be ready. Talk yeah. about your freshman year coming in. Cause you had what was Mike Beckett and all those guys was there. Don was those, who, who all was there? Well, Tell well, us about well, that time. well, Mike, well, Mike Beckett. Yeah. Mike Beckett just had left and it was uh, Marion. It was um, Marcus Woods, Pat King, Ken Ward. I mean, Man, you you could imagine. I was I was about six three, six four, one seventy five <laughs> going into college. Ooh. And when I saw these dudes, I was like, Whoa, okay. I mean, I know I can play, but you know, it, it was it was certainly an eye opening experience, um, because, you know, I was a good athlete, but the physicality of the game yes. um yes. I was not prepared for. And the mental and so, aspect of it, like what, what oh Coach Press required from you as an athlete, yeah. and I that mental toughness and that mental preparation, yeah. I use it today in my everyday life. You know what I mean? We joke about the yeah. meetings at seven thirteen and being meeting at seven twelve. How are you gonna be late for seven twelve? It's impossible. Yeah. But you had he had yeah. so much talent on the team that he had to discredit you with any little thing you do. He had to use that against you because that's the only way he can kind of decipher the talent. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll expand on that is that I don't care what you do, that part of the game 
is the most difficult to prepare for. So you have to have a coach who can kind of pull that out of you and create that in you. I think you look at a lot of the players today, as talented as they are, I don't think they approach the mental aspect of the game the way it should be approached. And, and that's one thing I can say about Coach Cress is, he, even as a, a young player, man, I'm telling you, Jamel, he had me wanting to go back to Virginia <laughs> after my first, you know, first month in, in that program because it was just so mentally draining. But looking back, I know what he was doing, right? right. He was building me for not only for that game, but for the game right. of life, man, right. it, it's, 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 it's crazy how, to, how that all worked out. But, but to talk about the talent that was on that team, I mean, had, I think had it not been for, and they called themselves the triple threat as well, Jamel, oh, wow. uh, Marion, Marcus, and Pat, had it not been for those three dudes, man, I, I don't know where I would have been in my career because they, they, I think those three guys were catalysts to changing the mentality of that program. Right. Because you think about the guys that came behind them, like myself, AJ, and Rodney, and then a, a year later, Thaddeus Delaney. Right. I mean, they kind of helped us understand how the game should be played, you know. And then, and then looking back, when you came in and then um, uh, Cedric and that group of guys, it was kind of like passing down knowledge that we had picked up. But but let me so, make you but let me make you laugh at that though. And I tell players uh -huh. about this all the time. Even you know what I mean. My younger players is like, I did not understand your respect for the game until I got into your level. Until I got to be a junior and I see a freshman coming yeah. in, I didn't understand your level yeah. of preparation, right? Because you know, being roommates, we didn't really hit it off, and it wasn't a dislike thing. It was a respect thing. I was young coming in. Yeah. You were like, yo, mofo, like, I got to get, like, I'm like, listen, face, I'm, I'm, I'm at home. I'm like, mom, he wants to go to bed at 930. Like, I can't, <laughs> like, what in the world? I'm like, but right, right. I didn't understand it. But to you, you're like, bro, look, I'm here for school. I'm here to do this. Like, I'm not going to be playing around and going out. I understood that. And I respect yeah. it now. You know what I mean? I understand, I understand it now. Yeah. And to the fact that we're shaking our talk, I did the same thing to Jeff Bolton. God bless yeah. the dead. When he came in, I knew this might be a, a possibility that this could threaten some time for me. So I couldn't, I couldn't let him, I couldn't let him have it easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I respect yeah. you for that. And I respect the, 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 the things like, like y'all did that set that tone for us. It was awesome. You're talking about a rude awakening. Right, you're leaving high school, you're the man putting up numbers. All right, you bully balling. All right, then you hit college, and it's woof, everything's reset. And Stace talked about his body not being developed when he getting when he got into college, and just important from the mental aspect. He talked about the importance of the healthy, strong mind that's needed for that for the regimen. When you college coach, when you get on campus, they're going to try to break you and see who's the strongest in that group mentally. Yeah, you can look big and pump weights, but if you can't regulate that emotion coming from a bad game or coming from a bad practice or coming from high school being a man to 
college not even playing, that's a blow. And if you're not mentally strong, then you're going to fold. And that's what he talked about, the mental aspect of the game. But to his point, the teammates were very, very helpful, right? When you got teammates like that that can support you and build you up, that's what's needed. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a, a quick story, uh, as you heard earlier. And uh, Stacy and I didn't really get along because of his preparation as a junior when I came in. It was way beyond my expectations. And um, his focus was was right on point. Matter of fact, after he left, I started uh, implementing some of those practices, uh, preparing for the next games because you had to get your rest. You had to eat well. You couldn't be out to two, three in the morning and get up at six o'clock for school. Your body's not your body's not going to get get well that way. It's not going to perform for you. So again, I thank him for sticking to his guns and showing me the way as a as a freshman on how to on how it's done. Because I'm pretty sure he got that tutelage from the older class. But um when you face an adversity, um, especially in situations you you gotta have a a strong a strong mind. And uh touch base on that right quick about mental health. People think mental health is a bad thing, right? So all you need medicine, you need you got to go see somebody. It, it ain't that. If you flip it and say healthy mind, it's the same thing. It's just used differently. You need a healthy mind in order to be effective in sports, in life, you know, what have you. So having a healthy mind is very important. And um, for you student athletes out there, like Stacy said, it's nothing you can prepare for. But if you're expecting it, all right, and you know how to deal with it, It'll be much more better off in the long run. So, Stacey, yeah, let's, yeah. let's go back. Um, take it back to where you're a senior and you're, and you're graduating. Um, take us back to the time where the afterlife of college. Where did you play? Yeah. How was the life? How was the culture? How was the food? Um, how was right. the traveling? How was being away from your family? Like, don't give us the nice stuff because – People listening to us, they understand. They need. They need to understand that being a student athlete in college, it ain't easy, right? Mm -hmm. And especially yeah. Yeah. going to the next level of professional ball, it ain't easy. You know how tough it is to go to high school and be relevant. College relevant. Mm -hmm. After after college mm -hmm. relevant. Pro. I mean, and then your future. I mean, your uh, your ending career relevancy. How, take us back to that life and, and what happened, and give. Ex Take us back to that experience. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you know, the life of uh, the college career of every basketball player, man, is is certainly one that you know you don't want to end, right? And uh, I was one of those players where I felt like I had more game in me, and uh, and kind of explored that. It, you you understand that, you know, the, the way the way we approached our college career was kind of like a business. Right? right, but you got to understand the next level is even more so a business, and you're even more so kind of like an entrepreneur mm -hmm. because you may have an agent, but nobody's going to wake you up in the morning. Nobody's going to push you to do those extra workouts. Wow. So you're basically managing this on your own and finding the resources to get yourself better. So that's the one thing that I, I, I kind of carry with me from you know my days with Coach Crest, mm -hmm. and. Uh, 
So my first job was uh, in Sweden, and um, man, ecstatic about the opportunity, man. I just, I was just, I was just hungry and ready to get out there and do something, and because I knew that you know, had I performed at that level, maybe that's a, a, a catalyst or next step for me to get to the next level. Right. I mean, ultimately, everybody wants to play in the NBA, sure. but you got to understand that there's only so many spots and anywhere you play is a blessing because sure. you and I know that for every one spot, there's like 10 guys out there trying to get that spot. So, so you know, Playing over overseas um, definitely was something that I was looking forward to um, because I was just looking for a broader experience. And I tell you, man, I couldn't have been more lucky to end up in a situation like Sweden um, where, you know, I was getting paid on time mm. because as I, as I, you know, continued to play, there was – I I played with some guys who played on teams who – didn't even know when their next paycheck was coming. Wow. You know, they was they were over in a foreign country, not getting paid. You know that that was you know, tough for some people. Right. So I was fortunate to be in a situation getting paid. The team took good care of us. Um, you know, c- culturally it was different. You know, um, but I will say that uh, being in a foreign country, everybody, at least in our generation, speaks English. I never wanted basketball to end. I wanted to to play forever, but it comes a time where you, it's 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 just going to stop. But what I got from um, this message is uh, using the college experience um, and applying it to your your everyday life. You know, we talked about being on time. Um, if you're in the workforce, you got to be on time to meetings. Um, if you're in an environment where you're working with your 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 coworkers, you got to know how to deal with your teammates. Um, you know, in an adverse situation where your co-worker, you, you, you guys don't get along. How do you deal with that? And your teammates don't get along. How do you deal with that? So I think the mental part of it, again, plays crucial into regulating those emotions and, um, and using your experience um, to benefit you. And the college experience, college, the college experience itself it's awesome. But the student athlete college experience, I think it's much more beneficial because you're double dipping. You know, um, you got two schedules. You got five different, six different professors plus five different, six different coaches. So it's a lot of personality um, energy going across, you know, in, in, in your life at this time. And if you can compile all those experiences and use them um, for your afterlife, I think it'll be beneficial because that's that's a precursor to what you're going to see for years um, from then, meaning as you know, as a freshman going into a senior, you got four years of college. So that's a, those four years prepare you, um, I think, the best of, of getting ready for, for the real life, uh, real life situations. So uh, that's what I got out of, of this uh, episode with Stacy is that, how to use your um, college experience um, later on in life. Athletes definitely need to adhere to that. And this time our message, we got Melvin Watson. How was it like, you know, as far as 
and I spoke to BJ Mackey, you know, just about adversity with players. Cause you know, Shane and I, we were best friends now, but I didn't want to be friends with him in school because, you know, when it, when the coaches watch that film and, you know, they see me getting this possession, I'm going to get that nod. Right. Right. And if right. you're my friend, like, I don't want to hurt you, bro. Right. So I had to avoid those relationships because I know what I needed to do. But, you know, now we order and, and you're in business and you got, you know, relationships, you can't deal with them that way. Right. Right. Um, how, how were ad- adverse situations with you? You know, talking to BJ, referring to what he talked about is that you guys had to talk. You had to yeah. sit down and just be men and talk about that. And after, when you did that, then your progress, you know, I mean, it, it went out of the building. So, you know, at, at first, but before prior to talking about that, what were, what were some of the, some of the thoughts on how do you deal with adversity and what should you give the audience to listening on, on what not to do? Oh, man. Uh, you, you have to have, it goes back to what you said. Sometimes you have to be, I'm comfortable to be comfortable. Right. And I think, you know, when I was there, after my freshman year, I had a really good freshman year. It was all SEC freshman team. Uh, at that time, I was selected to go play in games out in, uh, in out West and playing these games. And, and BJ was also uh, playing out in those games as well as an, as an All-American coming in. Mm. But when, um, you know, when he made his announcement and you're sitting in a dorm mm. and mm. you watch, you're watching TV and <laughs> they break into what you're watching to say, hey, <laughs> BJ Mackey is ready to make his announcement. So mm. you're sitting thinking like, oh, okay. Mm. So, you know, I'm just sitting there watching. He said, well, you know, I, I made my commitment. I decided I was going to stay home and go to the University of South Carolina and, and play, pretty much play point. So I'm like, what the hell? Right? So the first thing I did was I uh, I went to see Coach White. He's our academic advisor over at the Roost. Make sure you have all your grades and your classes up to par. I had a conversation with him. I said, hey, you know, Coach White, I just saw that. Coach Fuller recruited another point guard. You know, I thought I was his guy. Right, right. And he was like, well, you probably just want to, you know, have have a conversation with Coach, sit down and see, you know, what he's thinking. But in my mind, I'm like, damn, that we don't need another point guard. Right. So I went ahead and started preparing to transfer. And I had the paperwork and stuff that I was going to get. And I called my mom and Mom knows best, man. I talked to her and she was like, hey, she was like, why are you trying to leave? And I was like, you know, I tried to explain it to her and she was like, that's dumb and just hung the phone up. Right. And at that time, now I'm mad at my mom because she won't, sure. she wasn't listening. Sure. But that forced me to have a conversation with Coach Fogler. And Coach Fogler's like, no, you don't need to transfer. Here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. Mm. So when he explained, when he laid out the plan, plan, I understood what he was saying, but I didn't like it. For sure. I'm like, I, and I, I, in my mind, like, that, that's not going to work. This shit ain't going to sure. work. I mean, because he's going to want the ball, and I want the ball. So Absolutely. it's not going to work. Absolutely. So, he's he's so, basketball. He's, he can put numbers on the ball. Why would he not want the ball? Right. Exactly. So when coming in, 
and and that's the fear of 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 not succeeding when competing against somebody and that's the failure of mm. of falling short mm. that makes you start talking and thinking that way like to run away mm. at that time and at that time i thought my stocks was high somebody gonna take me so but when once i sat down and talked to coach i was okay and then when he came that he here's where it got this is where i didn't like him it wasn't that he came in but i would have students say hey man BJ gonna take your spot. <laughs> I, hey, I'm talking about I can't go eat without somebody coming up to me and talking to me about BJ. So I got sick of that shit. So right. I was like, okay, when he come on campus, I'm gonna bust his ass. Right, right. So so every time he every time we play pickup, I got BJ. I'm talking about I'm going hard like it's an NC two A championship. Right, right. And he, he was like, hey, you know, he was like, and he's strong and he couldn't get to his spot. Pretty much the same thing I went through my freshman year. For sure, but I was so caught up into myself, I didn't, I didn't, you know, extend mm-hmm. the olive branch to mm-hmm. help my brother out, who could make us better. I couldn't mm-hmm. see that at the time. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you know, it, it took a minute, man. Cause For sure. his first year, he came in, and BJ got kind of this Kobe Bryant air about him. Right. He ain't really arrogant, but he real confident about it. For sure, and that makes you that makes you look at a person like, and he arrogant his head. But as if you don't know him, right? That's what you're gonna think. For sure. And for a year, that's how it was. For sure. And we we didn't hang out. We didn't. We was cordial. We was respectful to each other in the locker room. It was nothing major, you know right. what I mean? But it was it was still that tension there. And then we went overseas, and that's when it all changed. Mm. Coach was like, Coach noticed it. And he was like, hey, sure. y'all, two room, y'all two gonna room together. Right. And I look, I was like, nah, man, I'm rooming with Ryan. You know, Ryan was my roommate. He's been a roommate for, for two years. This is who I'm rooming with. Ryan Stats. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, nah, we're gonna change it up. You guys, y'all gonna room. So we got in the room. We probably got in the room uh probably about 10 o'clock, man. And we talked till probably 4 35 o'clock in the morning. Wow. We wow. just let it. We just aired it all out and sitting down just talking to him. I got a better understanding of who BJ Mackey really is. Right. And he's not the guy I I thought he was that I portrayed on him. I didn't know him. I didn't have an opportunity to talk to him like that. But I knew he was a good and smart ball player. For sure. But, you know, once we did that and we just just Mm -hmm. understood that we needed both each other because to me i think you can't mention one without the other for sure for sure i'm talking about all three of us we because that's how connected we were during that time when right. larry graduated it was just me and b and mm. we he still did some good things and and we were able to just we were we were click but you, you, but you made a good point back you made a good point that people don't understand the reason why is because we fear we fear mm-hmm. of, of 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 someone taking our spot, coming out some outshining us. We fear those things, so we put those walls up, right? Right. We create right. these different these different things about the person that we fear that's not necessarily true, you know. Right. And if we just start becoming mature and learn how to, to talk and communicate, we take some of that energy off. 
man, that word adversity, conflict resolution, conflict mediation, so important. And uh, Mel talked about uh, him and then BJ having a conflict within the team. And communication is so important. Um, after they communicated, they realized how much they needed each other. They realized how much they were wrong about how they view each other. And um, and it's a common, normal thing to to be afraid, right? You're you're afraid of this guy's coming taking your spot. You're afraid of him showing you out. And it's a, no matter how hard you work, no matter you could be seven nine, right? It's a natural occurrence for those things to happen. But it goes back to regulating that emotion. If you're working hard and you're, and you're thinking positive thoughts and you communicate, then you defeat that battle. That's an internal battle. I think being self-accountable, holding yourself accountable. When you put judgment on other people, then you got to expect that's going to happen to you. How do you, you don't want nobody judging you and saying something that's, that's incorrect. So you shouldn't internally do it to somebody else. Um, but it's one thing I want to say about Kobe and, and Meta that they talked about. And Kobe said, you want peace? You got to go to war. The only way you can have peace is going to war. And going to war is talking it out, having those tough conversations because it's it's all about personal space, right? Being vulnerable. And that takes that takes a, a whole lot of courage to be vulnerable and let somebody and, and, and explain to somebody, hey, look, you know, I was actually intimidated by your presence. You know, I didn't know how to take you. And you'd be surprised. They say the same thing. Man, I was intimidated by you. I didn't know how to take you. But at the end of the day, it's just all respect. It's all respect. And what that does, that leads to a mental stability. We keep talking about this whole mental thing. It leads to a mental stability that you're not worrying about um, what's going to happen next. Right? You kind of really got ahead of the situation and um, and took care of it. So now you, every day you're not worrying about what this guy's thinking or what the coach is thinking. Just have a conversation. That's crucial into um, into alleviating all the extra pressures that you are going through as a student athlete. Because you can't play that way. You got to be relaxed. You got to be confident. And having those adverse situations can get you uncomfortable if you don't take care of them. One of the things that we try to do with, with, with me coaching my team, I try to have team bonding stuff. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to be the best of friends, but you got to respect each other. And you got to play for each other when you're on the court. That's the most important thing. For sure. And I think some of these kids, man, you know, they, they, they're put in a tough situation because, you know, at practice and during the games, they hear from me a different way. But when they go home, they hear something else. So now there's a conflict between those kids. Like, who should I listen to, man? I love my dad. I respect my dad. But right. hey, my coach, man, you know, so that – a lot has changed since we came through. A lot has changed. And, you know, the guys who are playing now, uh, the one advice I can give them, man, is to be slow to speak, but, you know, quick to listen, observe, take it all in, and just analyze the situation and and see it for what it is. And I think sometimes, you know, they, they put too much pressure. And, and the thing is, if you just go and have fun and work hard, all that other stuff will take care of itself. Prevention versus treatment approach, right? What Mel did here is, again, use his college experience and applied it to his everyday life. 
when he was a player, right? Him and BJ got into it. Um, after they talked, things were a whole lot better. But the coach created that that environment for them to initiate the conversation. And that's what's needed. So what Mel did, did is take that same approach and create create environments for your teammates to talk to each other. It's going to be better for him as a coach. He knows that if his players can play well and get along, it's nothing but success that's going to come from that. So again, you got to get out of your own head. Um, and what he said about having fun, working hard and having fun and leave everything on the floor. And lastly, um, about parents. I tell parents all the time, I only deal with the product you brought to me. All right. If you didn't prepare your kid fourth through sixth grade, seventh um, and eighth grade, get ready for high school basketball, it's going to be a problem because they don't understand all the details, the nuances, the, the game terminologies that needed um, to carry out plays and executions. So that's very important, parents, of you making sure that your kids are ready um, to play and they are well equipped at that time. Um, that kind of concludes our student athlete um, information for today. Um, we want to just bring some different points, drive some different points home that parents, student athletes, coaches, and everybody need to make it to the next level. Um, those crucial things like um, the grades that Marcus Woods talked about, that's very important. BJ Mackey talked about the triggers. Um, Stacey Harris talked about the mental preparation. And then Melvin Watson talked about adversity, facing adversity. Those things are very important. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for engaging. Our next, our last episode of season two um, is called Me Versus Me. We're getting to more of the mental health, um, healthy mind, social competence um, approach that's needed for student athletes right now. All right. We'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of a youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people you can follow us on facebook and instagram at Jamel president and on twitter at president Jamel. make sure to subscribe to this podcast as i'll be bringing you a new interview every month